evening and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is Anthony. Good evening, everyone. And we have a guest tonight, and we're going to get into some stuff with them. Before we do, though, let me explain some things to you. Just reminder, okay, Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. That's the coordinates to get in touch with me, Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. Send me your stories. Another thing I wanted to say is we have a Patreon, okay? And I have to say this because people, you know, they want to support the show and they want to help. We give back. You'll get a swag bag is what we call it. And it's a $10 tier and it takes two months. $20 tier, 30 40 50 and it goes up from there. And the $20 tier is instantaneous along all the way up to 50 And if you are a monthly Patreon, you will get different tiers of swag bags. Like, what do we got? Shirts? Yeah, we got shirts, hats, uh, hoodies. Now that it's gonna get cooler again. Yeah, hoodies, and of course the uh, the books are all autographed as well. Yeah, and it could be if, if you get the forty dollars tier, you get one of my books. Fifty dollars tiers, I give you both of my books, and I give you a book from one of many authors, and that's on every tier. You get an autographed book from one of the authors, like Ken Gerhardt, Barton Nunley, Nick Redfern, David Weatherly, Lyle Blackburn, Chad Lewis. Uh, there's several others, and so. Those are all autograph books, and you will get swag. That's what we give you. And so to, to help out with the show, and then we give you some merch, and we appreciate the support. And don't forget, we have Friday's live stream, which is ha- which has a guest every Friday, and that's a YouTube exclusive. You can't get that on Spotify or any other channels you're on if you're listening to us on a different uh, platform, which I know a lot of you do. Sunday, same thing, We ha- but we just retell people's stories. Tuesdays are reserved for, for retelling stories, and then Thursdays now we're going to be doing, we're going to have guests on, and that's on the podcast and YouTube. Okay, so everything's on YouTube, but not everything is on the other channels. So there's like 15 platforms. This is our main platform, YouTube, and then Spotify is our, our podcast platform, one of them. And so you can watch us on either one. But there are many other people that watch us and listen to us on many other uh, platforms. We just prefer these platforms. That's yeah. Uh, now, that being said, if you want to find me, I'm Josh Turner 940 on Instagram. And I'm also on Facebook. Do me a favor and let me know that you're a listener of the show so I can approve your friend request because otherwise, not going to do it. I get friend requests from people and it's just because we have a lot of mutuals. And they just sit in my friends list and we never interact or do anything. So I'm not a person that's going to approve somebody who just has a bunch of mutuals. I want to be able to interact with my fans and I can't because Facebook has a limit. I think I'm at about 3,000 people right now and and I try to interact with with as many people as possible. That's why I don't have the full 5,000 and I'm, I'm saving room for people who want to be friends who are listeners of the show. If you don't know me in my everyday physical life, then in in cyberspace, that's fine. But just make sure that you uh, let me know. You listen to the show so we can approve you. That being said, I think that's it. We got to get started here. So I want to introduce my guest. His name is Eric. Eric, you want to say hi? Hey, guys. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Yeah, Eric, and I've talked about you on, on the live stream, and I got people kind of excited about it. Um, because I, I think that you're, you've done some work that, uh, I think people need to hear about uh, you've done a lot of investigating and what I'm excited about the most, you know, important thing to me is the area where you've right, been yeah. doing your work and it's right here, right here in our own backyard. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, I don't think people are familiar with how, you know, how strange and weird things uh, can get here in central Texas. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, you know, there's different theories. It's like, oh, it's the limestone. 
It was part yeah. of an inland sea, whatever. I don't know. It, there's all these different theories. Um, but it is a very haunted place full of, uh, stories of ghosts, witches, vampires, you know, dogman, Bigfoot, you name it. There's all right. kind of chupacabra. I've been getting some chupacabra stories lately from ranchers around here and I just did it again. We were out, we were, we were in LaGrange yeah, in, La, in LaGrange and, uh, we went out there. My friend has a dealership there. And some of the locals were just telling us stories left and right. We went to this place called JD's Grill. Really good food, by the way. If you ever go to LaGrange, check out JD's nice. Grill. My friend has a uh, Ford dealership there. It's called Alpha One uh, Motors. And uh, he's a really good guy. His name's Nick. And uh, we went and, he, and we ate dinner. And, you know, it's just, it, it was really cool to talk to some of them. There was one place they oh, called yeah. it Beefhead Ditch or something like that. Yeah. Where people claim to see this chupacabra. We talked to a rancher whose house was haunted and just a lot of cool stories, man. And I gave a couple people my card and they reached out to me. Right Everywhere we go in Central Texas, it just seems to happen. And now you and I were talking at length about it. You did a documentary. Do you want to get started? Let's get started with that. Talk, tell us about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of unintentional. I was just really uh, investigating some weird stuff that was going on in my area. And uh, that led to me making a, a full documentary, and it's available on, on Amazon and Tubi. And, um, you know, some people were, were expecting more of like a Bigfoot narrative or, you know, Bigfoot story. And, and there is some of that in there. But it really just touches on all the weird stuff that kind of accompanies the area, which is, you know, it's like I said, not a lot of people, even the locals don't really know about it, which is kind of strange. And it makes you wonder, is that by design? You know, it, it, it's odd. But um and like you said, there's so much limestone here. We're actually part of the, uh, as you know, the Edwards Plateau. Mm -hmm. And more specifically, we're part of the Balcones Escarpment, which is a, a fault line that stretches right above San Antonio all the way up to Dallas. In fact, it's actually visible from space. And it, that's full of limestone caves, creeks, canyons, and, and a lot of uh, green belts just run throughout the uh, central Texas area. And the ancient people have actually made this area home for thousands of years, tens of thousands of years. And um, one of the oldest skeletons, actually, it's uh, 13,000 years old, was found right off of the Brushy Creek, where I focus most of my, my work on, in Leander. And it was found in the 1960s, I believe, and it was uh, coined the Leanderthal woman. And uh, like I said, it's about 13,000 years old. And that's, that's back when they were doing the dating in the 70s. Now, technology's advanced a lot since then, so you might want to put a you know a buffer or an air range there, so it could be as old as sixteen to nineteen thousand years old, which kind of shows you that people have been here for a really, really long, long time. time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard to believe, and you wouldn't really expect that, just because you know we do have some uh, urban areas here, but they're surrounded all by green belts and creeks on on all sides. At least here, where I am in uh, Williamson County, I mean, we're just we're filled with caves and, and creeks all over the place. And I'm sure you've probably seen that where you are as well. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm actually off of 620, but I used to live oh, at yeah. the domain and, and I lived in South Austin for years and I actually lived in a house that was haunted. And I had a friend who, he always told me that I was psychic. He said that I, I had these abilities or whatever, but I think anybody really can be. And I, I've said that on my live stream before, you know, that, that, that there are, people who are psychic, you know, and there's, and every, but I think everybody kind of is, it's just on how well you, you, you know, you use it like your ability. And I think it's God given. And, and, but he was a psychic, like really honed. And, and he was like, dude, there's just so much limestone. Yeah. 
and it adds to, you know, and he claimed that there was like a vortex there and it was centered around a mirror. And I've had multiple Whoa. people come on the show and we talked about it, but down there in South Austin, yeah, everywhere you go, there's like holes in the ground. <laughs> it's like all over the place, man. I mean, and there's like right there where we were living around that area while we were living there. And after we moved from there, we got stories of like humanoid type creatures, you know, walking around in, in the woods in that area and way off William Cannon. And they have since built it up. But at one time it was like all overgrown. And, and my oh, friends yeah. would tell me, you know, that they would get reports and see things. And I just, a bunch of people saw a lot of different weird things in that area. So it didn't surprise me that the house that we were living in had a lot of activity, but there were uh, our neighbors down the street their house had a lot of activity too. And I didn't think that was a coincidence. I knew there was something to it. You know, I mean, there's, there, there had to be, you know? Well, yeah, I don't think people understand the amount of native American burial gro uh, grounds and mounds there are here in central Texas. I mean, on the documentary, um, there's a point where I'm filming right off of the Harry man road and we'll get to the Harry man road, I'm sure. But, uh, I was filming and, uh, coming up to construction workers and asking them about, you know, if they'd seen anything weird or whatever. And a couple of the foremen walked right up to me and they said that the whole area of Williamson County was a gigantic Native American burial ground. I have them on camera saying that it's in the documentary. And uh, it, it really dates back to some of the, I, I, you know, some of the older dates uh, when they were building I-35. I know in, I believe it was in the 1970s, they actually found a Roman coin at the bottom of one of these ancient uh, Native American Indian mounds, which you're kind of thinking like a Roman coin, you know, in Central Texas, right off of the Brushy Creek, you know, but which is just like, like I said, it's just kind of a really weird area. But um, they took the coin to the uh, professor at the University of Texas, and uh, he looked at it. And uh, there were two professors that were working there at the time in that department. One of them believed it was real because he knew the person that had found it. He actually grew up uh, relic hunting with that person in North, uh, North Georgetown here. And the other guy was like from Philadelphia or New York, and he had just come to UT as a professor, and he didn't think it was real. And he came up with this weird uh, conclusion that he said it was either a rodent that took it and burrowed with it, and that's how it got to the bottom of an Indian burial mound, or it was possibly roots from a tree. Now, I, you know, that's, that's for me, that's a little much. I think it's, it's more plausible, the other kind of theory that we're all thinking, right? <laughs> well, you know what, though? Ha what happens, though, Eric and Anthony, we've talked about this. That these people that they'll do mental gymnastics, as you always say, Anthony. Oh yeah, like the they'll try to come up with these ideas to debunk a certain idea, but their their very explanation to debunk the original idea is more crazy than what they're trying to debunk. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then it gets so far out there, you know. Yeah, and the other thing is the the Roman coin wasn't the only thing that was found there. There was a a huge amount of artifacts that were stone artifacts that were found there. So it must have been a busy rodent, you know, taking all that stuff down <laughs> there, I guess. And then, and then of course, any, anything that happens in this area, there's always going to be somebody that's going to say, well, there's an explanation for that. I, I had one that, that tried to tell me, and this was near the Brushy Creek area, which was where you were. And since me and you talked the other day, I, I went through and I, I started digging out some reports and trying to find some. I found some interesting thing. We talked about orbs. Now, there was yeah, a woman yeah. that claimed she saw a blue ball of light, which some someone told her, and this was a meteorologist, she she asked somebody who was a friend, and he said it was ball lightning. And she was like, yeah, well, it came out of the water. And it's like, oh, well, it went into the water because they can do that. So it's like, <laughs> and, and then uh, supposedly 
it can chase you if you have static electricity on you then the ball lightning will will chase you around so then she was like nope it happened in june 1997 she's like and and i was in that area and uh, we were walking through it was the course it was like the, the green belt there was a trail there it wasn't like it is now and, there, right. and, and the roads weren't like, you know, there wasn't this huge uh, bunch of traffic up there. And she's like, there wasn't a lot of uh, apartments and there wasn't a bunch of stores and stuff. And she says, and we were walking down by the creek and it was broad daylight and this blue ball of light that, that did not look anything like electricity uh, came up out of the water and just kind of bobbed around and then kind of followed them. And then they got kind of spooked and they ran into the woods and went on the other side of the embankment. And it disappeared. It went back into the water. So when I read that report, uh, her name was Jocelyn, but she was saying that it was so like weird. Like, how do you explain that? You know, like, and I was like, you can't, I mean, there's, but then, yeah, yeah, a meteorologist told her that it was ball lightning at a a dinner party. And I said, I don't believe that. Yeah, no, I mean, they're just, like you said, they were just kind of coming up with the best thing they could at that moment, I'm sure. But it's funny you brought up the orb because in my documentary, uh, it was really unintentional. I, I was out filming on the Harryman Road, getting some of the caves that were uh, in the area. And I mean, there's just a bunch of caves all throughout that area. Uh, so as I was filming, an older couple came up to me uh, and they asked me what I was doing. And I explained to them what I was doing. And they thought it was in- they thought it was interesting. And then the wife, or the, I'm sorry, the husband tells the wife, show them that picture of that green thing you got on camera. And I was like, what the heck, you know? So so they showed it to me, and it is like some type of green thing and some people might say it's lens flare but it it has something behind it or in it it's not a solid green it's like a green and black type looking thing it looks really weird i don't i don't know what it is but say they sent it to me and it was right there off of harry man road where it's just you know paranormal this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in williamsburg virginia there's never too much of a good thing whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Central caves everywhere in that area. You got to watch where you're walking because there's sinkholes. In 2018, there was a sinkhole that... Uh, kind of messed up someone's actually i think it was three or four people's houses foundations and yeah it's it's a real thing out here you got to watch where you're stepping you got to watch out for the snakes for the sinkholes and god knows what else out here when, when you and i were talking we, we we talked at length about several different subjects and but one of the, the things right. that you, you were talking about which was very interesting i i had just I, and it just came out on tuesday i believe and it was in some stuff that I had talked about before, like having seen something weird, <laughs> which was a guy running across the highway. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> I've talked about that on my show. It was just one of the weirdest things. You're just driving along at two in the morning, three in the morning, and somebody runs, you know. Uh, but we th- we dropped the, sh- the episode on Tuesday, and it was a guy claiming he was homeless at that time, and he was prowling around, and he claimed to have been attacked by these werewolf, dog-headed, wolf-headed, whatever type creatures. And you, me, you and I had talked about this and you said you had done a lot of uh, research off that area, uh, uh, Highway 29. Right, yeah. Yeah, which runs Uh, from Georgetown to Leander. Did you want to talk about that, what you found out there? Yeah, so I mean, uh, in 2017, uh, kind of part of the documentary also, uh, there was a rash of sightings, a huge, people were seeing it, they were posting in social media groups. 
about seeing things, you can actually go on the BFRO and you'll see a couple of encounters that took place in 2017. And uh, one of them takes place there along 29. And I got the information from the man and everything. Uh, he was driving down there with his son on 29. He said it was about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and as he was driving, he saw this thing cross the road, jump into a tree and just start shaking the tree, you know, violently, really violently. And uh, the man swears he had, you know, it looked like a, you know, hairy being, a hairy beast is what he described it as. And uh, he thinks that one of the reasons why it might have, he might have kind of stirred that up was he had a, uh, I think it's called a deer whistle on his car as he was driving. And he has that just to, you know, I guess, try to avoid hitting a deer or something like that. And uh, he thinks that might have been one of the main culprits as to why this thing was agitated and ran across the road. And, and you know, that's that's one of the stories I've heard on 29. But 29 is just kind of loaded with with, you know, Bear Creek. And then there's the Brushy Creek that's not far from there. And a lot of different stories. It's, it's You're headed towards the Balcones uh, Canyonlands if you're on that road, which the Balcones Canyonlands is just a gigantic uh, national preserve in the uh, yeah, hill country area right next to marble falls and and that's the same area where i'm sure you've probably heard about it josh was the uh, faint the famous 1901 bear man mm -hmm. account that took place that's right there in the balconies canyonlands like if you're taking 1431 or 29 you will eventually end up right there uh, so yeah it's, it's just an odd really strange area and and like i said in 2017 there were a lot of sightings so much so that you know i might we might have to touch on that here a little bit later about the uh the bounty that was placed and all this other oh, stuff oh yeah we definitely got to touch yeah. on that before you get into that though i, I, want, I wanted to, 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 to stick on that spot for a minute sure we used to have an account there it was at the end of that of that uh that highway and what was the name of that we, well we probably can't say the name of it but it was a yeah, construction company it was a uh subdivision yeah yeah, it was a subdivision, and and the guards that would work out there would sometimes hear like loud like clashes between what sounded like coyotes and something else. And Anthony, you were out there on multiple occasions. I remember like hearing like there was cattle out there, right? And then what? No, actually, I'm thinking of Rolaine. Never mind. No, no, Rolaine is where Nelly, my wife, saw a, a Bigfoot creature. Okay. You're, 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 we're talking about in Georgetown, right outside well, of Georgetown. If, you, if you're talking about, you brought up a coyote real quick. Uh, there off of 29, I believe it was between 29 and I'm not really sure what the, I'm not exactly sure what the, I want to say maybe like Ronald Reagan or something up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, a buddy of mine who's actually a very thorough investigative researcher who investigates, you know, all types of things, but primarily Bigfoot uh, found a coyote that was pulled inside out and tied into a knot. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have that picture. It was, uh, I have it featured in my, my other documentary, the legend of Harry man road, but uh, not only that, but he, he's, he's found all types of things that he's shown me, but uh, he's found that he showed me a, it's closer to the uh, Harry man road, but he showed me a, a uh, fence post, a steel fence post that had been bent like a banana. And he tracked a set of pretty big tracks there. And uh, for whatever reason, on the other side, there was nothing there. But this is, you know, it, it's just really strange. I'm not sure what would be able to bend that post that way, you know, without seeing any type of damage to the top of it or anything like that. Really hard to do that if you're a person. Unless, you know, I don't know how much, how much are you lifting now, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
I'm up there. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. strong, but I can't bend a, a metal fence post. I can tell you yeah. that. One one of the things in that area that's in that area, it's not off of 29, but it's called Werewolf Church. That's a nickname that we gave it because of a friend of ours who used to work with us gave us a, a story. And Anthony was there along with Scorpion, one of my friends, when they he told us that story. And his girlfriend kind of talked him into telling it. He didn't really like talking about it, but it was very interesting. And I told that story on another podcast years ago. But uh, it's it, that moniker stuck. And so my wife came to visit. We went out there and we drove all up and down that area. And uh, we ended up like something happened. Like we were there and we heard a bunch of noise and it scared my wife. So she was having like an anxiety attack. So we took off. But I took diuretics because of my weight at the time. And so I had, you know, I had to stop and use the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, look, man, I got to, I got to. And she's like, how far are we from that? I was like, we're a mile and a half or so, which we were. And she's like, is that far enough? I said, yeah, it's far enough. And I got out because I decided to use it so bad. I couldn't hold it. And I started going and there was something loud, like coming from uh, the north, coming towards us. And it was cr- crashing through the brush and it was very large. And it scared the heck out of both of us. So we we got up. I got in that truck and took off. Yeah, that's 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 like the same old story we have here from the Brushy Creek. That, I mean, I experienced something myself that I would consider probably my first you know encounter, I guess, with something that I couldn't explain. But uh, when I started telling that story and making my research public, people were coming to me with that same story, Josh, kind of like being chased out of the area, and. I mean, you won't believe how many people I've got that story from people that I've never told mine to, uh, you know, so it's, it's something, man. I, I really, I really can't explain it, but it's, it's something that comes out aggressive mm-hmm. trying to get you to leave. Do you think it's more, cause I've gotten Bigfoot and Dogman reports in that area. What do you think is more prominent? I mean, <sighs> man, you know, to be honest with you, I've, I've had probably more, uh, people with sightings of what they would describe as a Bigfoot, to be honest with you. That's what I've heard. But I mean, again, you have the bear man legend. that's like right there. And also if you want to really get into details about it, the Tonkawa tribe, there was a local tribe that made the brushy Creek, their home. They actually called the area, uh, Takachue Puetsu, which means the land, the land of the good water. And they were a really unique tribe. They had a, they had a, a full body tattoos all over, which is really, you don't really uh, associate that with Native Americans. You might think m- maybe more of Islander or something yeah, like Pacific that. Yeah, Pacific Islanders. Exactly. But they had full body tattoos and um, they worshipped a wolf. They worshipped a giant wolf. And every season they would put on a giant wolf coat. And for several days they would dance around in this wolf coat. That's right on the, on the Balcones. Uh, I'm sorry, right along the Brushy Creek right here. And that's that's a fact. You can't dispute it. In my documentary, I actually talked to the person who initiated the Tonkawa tribe as local legends of, of Round Rock, the city I live in. And yeah. he, he gave me all the, you know, all the details of what they were, what they were like, which there wasn't many details, which is kind of another strange thing. You don't really hear too much about them. Uh, All we know is they were in the area. They had really odd traditions. I believe they buried their dead uh, feet first. Also, that's one of their traditions they would do. And um, yeah, yeah, just a really strange tribe. Uh Genocided by the Comanches for the most part. I mean, yeah. uh, and unfortunately, yeah. they decided to side with the settlers, the Anglo settlers, mm-hmm. and uh, they kind of got backstabbed and they ended up getting sent up to Oklahoma and where they reside now. So the Tonkwa tribe is actually now in Oklahoma. 
Yeah, they they were very they were known as expert trackers, and they right, would use exactly. them. The Texas Rangers would use them to track the Comanches, and the Comanches didn't like that, so they. They were definitely, and anybody who wasn't a Comanche, with the exception in Texas, with the exception of the Kiowa, that was the only mm-hmm. ally that the Comanches respected, and uh, the only ones that they would trade with or deal with, the Karankwas and the Tonkawas, and every type of Apache, which is just a word that is a Comanche word, it means enemy. So it just, they, they were considered Apache, and so anybody who was, you know, that 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 was the enemy. But the Tonkawas were a very interesting tribe, and one of the things you were talking about how they revered the wolf. That was like, there was a, a, there were three animals that the Kiowa revered and the wolf was one of them. I believe the raven was another and they had like their totems or whatever. And, and, and they didn't, the, the Comanches were so nomadic that they didn't have totems and they really didn't have a lot of traditions as far as like spirituality. They believed in one God, like, like the great God of the sky. And that was it. There wasn't a whole lot else. And they were pretty uh, warlike, and they drove a lot of the other tribes to extinction. I mean, we, we don't even know how many there could have been before because exactly. there was so much going back and forth, so much genocide going between tribes. I, I tell you what's interesting, though, about the bear man thing. That's it, 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 a legend that stretches all the way from from up here where, where we're at, and you're probably about 10, 15 miles from me. So it stretches from here all the way down to San Antonio those right. stories and those legends and it does and another thing you were talking about the fault line it moves up and down instead of like the san andreas that moves side to side which cre- exactly. creates earthquakes ours is an up and down one and you can see that on 360 you can see the different levels of rock when you go through there because they dynamited through it to create 360 and so that it's it, there's these giant like stone hills or mountains whatever you want to call them when you're driving through there and uh, it's really pretty, and, and, and in some areas, it, yeah, it's very beautiful. 22, 22, it looks like Colorado yeah, oh, yeah. until you roll your yeah. window down and it's 120 degrees outside. And then, you, <laughs> then you know you're not in the mountains right. of Colorado. But it's funny because I don't think people, you know, when they think of Texas, they might think flat land. No, man, it's the hill country out here. Mm-hmm. We got, got a lot of, you know, you got Mount Benel. It's not really a mountain or anything like that, but it's, you but know, it's we pretty. have these rolling hills out here. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful area that's... You got to watch where you are, though. You know, we still have – we don't have earthquakes, but we do get sinkholes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah. And, and and I think it, a lot of this, people don't realize the cave systems. Now, you have – if you think about it, you have Natural Bridge Caverns just north of San Antonio. I think near Shirts, I think, is where it's at, right? Is that where it's at? Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you have in Georgetown, Interspace right. Caverns. Yep. And from what I was told – uh, by a friend of mine's brother, he actually is a geologist. He said that they are actually, cause he's, he collects rocks and stuff. I don't see him very often, but I've, I talked to him every once in a while. And he said that it stretches, those caves actually connect. He said, there's a connection there yeah, all the way I underneath mean, us. I've always, I've always been a thinker, a believer in that theory, to be honest with you. And you brought up, uh, was it the National National Bridge Caverns? The Natural Bridge Caverns, yeah. Right. So that one, I believe, I just read that, uh, I think it was a couple months back, they did an expedition down there about four miles, something like that, two to four miles into the earth from this this place. And they found uh, saber-tooth bones in there. And they're wondering how the heck did were saber-toothed tigers able to get this far out here? It's pitch black. You know, it's miles, miles deep. And uh, they, they never, you know, they still haven't found the end of the Natural Bridge Cavern. It, there's just so many offshoots of it and things like that. But it, it really makes you wonder, how did those freaking, 
mountain lions or uh, saber tooth tigers, tigers get all the way back there in the pitch black, you know, and there was multiple, multiple uh, tigers back there. Yeah. And, and that was just a couple months back. We we went through there. I think it was December. No, was it? It was December 2019, right, Anthony? Right before yeah. New Year's. Yeah. And we went through there with Anthony's brother. We took him, you know, and he was he was probably just what seventeen or something at that yeah. time. And we took him out there, and and we we went to to San Antonio and did all the the fun stuff. And then we, on the way back, we went to Natural Bridge Caverns, and then we did the safari, the the wild animal safari oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool. Now here's the weird thing: there was a guy who we talked to at the snack bar area. Uh, who said that he had been living out there for a long time. And he said, you know, this whole area where we're standing, there's caves underneath this. Yeah, yeah. And he was talking about, I think he said he lived like four or five miles from there. And when, and when he had the grandkids with him, he was an older guy. And uh, I can't remember his name. I think his name was Brian or something like that. But he was he was telling me and, and Nelly and, and the guys uh, some pretty cool stories. And I was wearing a paranormal roundtable hat. And he asked me what that was, you know, because he liked my hat. And I said, oh, and he he didn't even know. I don't think he really even knew what it was. I think he just thought the hat looked cool, whatever. And it was a camouflage. And I and I started talking to him and uh, told him about my show, whatever. And he's like, man, you know, my wife is real big into UFOs. She believes in aliens and all this stuff. He goes, I don't know what to believe. He goes, but I do believe in Bigfoot. And I said, really? And so he saw the Bigfoot on the logo. And so we started talking about it. And he said, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. That years ago when he was young, and like I said, I think he lived a few miles west of there when he was young. And he said that now he lives further out, but when the grandkids come, he comes into town and he'll take them and whatever. And that that's what he was doing. Was the, It was like the Christmas break or whatever. And he said that there was many stories when he was growing up of people seeing large predatory cats. I'm not talking about like a mountain lion or whatever. He he was talking about like really big, like almost prehistoric looking cats. Now he didn't say they were saber tooth. And I did ask him that. And he said, no, I didn't, nothing like that. But he goes, but these, these like kind of Puma looking creatures that were just super oversized, not yeah. like a normal, like three or 400 pounds, which they don't get that big. No, no. Yeah. And he said that, that when he was a kid, I guess he said he was like a, a young teenager him and his friends saw a Bigfoot creature crawl out of what he believes was a cave that was like down in the ground on his friend's property. And so there was an, an actual Sasquatch creature, or he called it a Sasquatch, po- just popped its head and then looked around and just came right out. And he was like, dude. And then years later, he said he went over there with his friend's older brother and they were looking down into that cave and his brother I remember him saying something about his brother, like tried to yell into it or something, and then they got a response. That's and creepy. <laughs> so they just took off running. Yeah. And his grand, his friend's grandfather, that was his land, and he said, "Don't go out there, leave that hole alone." And so his daughter was like, "Well, why don't you cover it up?" And that would have been his his friend's mother. And he was like, "No, no, no, we don't do that because if you mess with them, they'll mess with you." And he said that always stuck with him. 
That's um, creepy. He's a pretty good old guy. We talked for a little while. He was almost 80 years old, you know, and I don't even know if he's still around. He looked like he was uh, not in great health or whatever, but he was a very nice guy. And uh, we were just tired. We were sitting in the little snack bar area, and I just started up a conversation with him because he said he liked my hat. And and so, yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think people understand how, you know, many caves. I, I have a document from the Texas uh, University of Texas Spurlunker Group, and they estimate in that document there's 300 to 3,000 undiscovered caves in Williamson County alone. It's just wow. Williamson County. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's very believable, but it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's, it blows it's your mind. It is. It is. And I mean, you, you hear, so you hear about some of these caves in that document that are like Airman's Cave. I'm not sure if you've heard of Airman's oh, yeah. Cave. Yeah. Explain to the audience what that is. That's very interesting. <laughs> So, I mean, that's a miles, miles deep cave uh, in closer to, I believe that one might be in Travis County, actually. I think it uh, is. Yeah, but there's uh, maybe at least no more than five people have ever reached the end of it, supposedly, and they claim to have reached the end of it. Uh, but there's a, I think there's a thread online of a group of kids who actually tried to get to the end of it, and they documented really well their, their journey in there. It took them eight hours to get to uh, what they thought was the end, but it just kept stretching on. And they said about four hours into the, uh, into the earth. It sounds weird to say, but that's how it is. Four hours into the earth. They came upon a, uh, almost like an art gallery in there of people who had came in and like, it's almost like a halfway point. There was uh, statues in there and a lot of old uh, utensils and stuff from, you know, early, maybe even the thirties possibly. Uh, but they, as you pass that and you keep going another four or five miles, supposedly at the very end of this uh, airman's cave, there are two gigantic uh, crystals, two twin crystals at the end of this cave. There have never been any photographs of it, but the person there, multiple people have said to have seen it. And even the person who was there was taking pictures of all this stuff. The group of kids that went took pictures of most of the stuff, but they said they were so dead tired when they got to the end of it. The kid was basically like, all right, I'm going to use my energy to take pictures, or if I do that, I'm going to die in here. He said he had no energy left. So he, they pretty much just were there for like a minute, two minutes, and then turned back around and, and started their way out, which was another four hours. So they didn't see light for eight hours, which is kind of insane when you're talking about exploring a cave. And I'm talking about there were some points where they had to be on their hands and knees crawling, kind of squeezing through and. And yeah, that's going to take a lot out of you. If you're doing that for miles on end, I mean, that's, that's going to wear you down. Um, but that's, that's the airman's cave there. There's supposedly two gigantic, and it's funny, you brought up mirrors too, right? You said something about the mirrors earlier. Uh, supposedly there are two twin crystals there. Uh, I'm not sure what type of crystals, but I, I forget what the, the ones they have in the Mexico, that cave, I think they're the same Oh, type. there's a cave that, that's all crystal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they were that type of crystals. They said there was two gigantic twin crystals right there at the end of Airman's Cave. That's what they say. There's never been any photographs of it, but I think that's at least four or five people have described seeing that. Uh, and that's just one of the many gigantic caves in the area. Josh, I remember I was, I think I was telling you about the breathing cave mm -hmm. that we have here in Williamson County. And it got its name because you would be able to throw a two by four into this cave and it would shoot out, uh, 
in the spelunking group that actually wrote about this said they did a research paper on it saying what they believe is that there's a chamber at the bottom uh, underneath this uh, breathing cave and it forces pressure up into the smaller chamber kind of like a gun and that's what forces the two by four out but when they did their calculations they came up with a gigantic like almost like a I don't want to say, you know, a couple hundred thousand square foot, like an arena down there uh, causing this pressure. And that's a huge space you know, if you think about it. But they were they thought their calculations were wrong. So they plan on going back there. But from what I understand, they never did. So that just kind of goes to show you that there's there. It's you know, we, we have we're like Swiss cheese out here. You know? it's like yeah, we're we're picking spots to put houses. And even those places are kind of touch and go at certain points. Well, that's like people building out in that black land out there in Taylor. I mean, your house, that, that land, is it's that's unstable. And if you build a house out there and you don't put some serious, like, you, you got to put, uh, what are they called when you, when you, when you. It's like a certain type of dirt that you have to put down layer by layer, layer and then compact it really good. And there's these spikes they have to drill in like real yeah. deep, like, like 15 feet down. And and otherwise, your house is going to come apart. The foundation is going to crack. Oh yeah. And and I don't understand why people do it. And and you see these builders doing it, and you're like, this oh, is man. ridiculous. Yeah. And back to what we were, I was saying about the uh, the place where you used to work, Anthony. It was right there. It was closer to Georgetown than it was Leander, but it was on 29, mm-hmm. and it was a subdivision that they were building. And I was out there with you one time, and we heard the coyotes. Yeah, going crazy, and they were fighting with something, and we heard, like you, you used to work out there, and so did Thomas and a couple other people. And mm-hmm. I remember uh, Thomas is a guard who he's passed away. He used to work for us, but he told me, man, one time he heard something that sounded like. And now, of course, you know he had he listened to my show a few times. <laughs> Maybe it tempered his mind, but he said, dude, if, if if there was a werewolf out there, he goes, I heard it. And he goes, and I thought that there were these coyotes fighting with something, and it sounded like something large and canine was was killing them. And uh, one of the re- one of the people that was built, the one of the builders that was working out there, he had said that when he went out into one of the pastures out there to unload some of the lumber, that they found three dead coyotes that had been ripped apart. And he said it looked like they were ripped apart. So. Uh, Bigfoot, Dogman, I, I don't know. But like Thomas had told us that he thought that he heard howling and shrieking that sounded like something large and powerful. And then he heard the coyotes, you know, you know what they sound like. But he said he had never heard that before. And there were several people who worked out there, including you, Anthony, who heard strange uh, noises. And I just remember one time I went out there to drop you food off to you. Mm-hmm. And I was there with Nellie and she was like, oh my God, what is that? And I was like, and I told her, I don't know. And then when we were leaving, like, she's like worried about Anthony. I told Anthony, I said, don't leave your windows down, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the thing out there is there's a lot of private ranches that are still, you know, generations owned ranches that have never seen anyone else as a title holder. Uh, So no one other besides, you know, small families have had access to this land. And that's, you're talking about thousands of acres all around 29 there. Yeah. That whole area is, is kind of freaky. And like, like I said before, I saw a guy run across, you know, the road naked and I was just like, what the heck? And I was going to Georgetown to drop off some food for Scorpion who was working there. And at that site, do you remember that site, Anthony? They were building their retirement home. Yeah. And Zane, my nephew, he had heard 
Now this is weird. He had he had gone to the Porta John to use the bathroom, and while he was in there, he said that he and he told us this like as like years ago when he was working. I think he was a young guy when that happened, like nineteen twenty or something. And uh, he said that he heard breathing, like something really loud breathing right outside. And then he heard something like walking and he could hear, like he could feel it. He said he could almost feel the, the ground move when he was, when he was sitting there and he heard the breathing and then he heard kind of a growl. And then when he, when, one time he was outside, he said he was walking around the building and he saw like a do, uh, like a, a couple does just take off running real fast. And he heard crashing and, and trees snapping their limbs and stuff. But he didn't see what was chasing him. He goes, I didn't see anything. Well, now looking back on it, I was talking to him a few months ago and we were talking about the whole cloaking thing. And he said, dude, I, it may have been something like that because he thought he saw like something blurry, but he couldn't make it out. And it was in the dark. It was dark. doesn't help. And he couldn't see what it was that was chasing him, but he saw the doe. And then there was a guy that we became friends with, me and Anthony, who claimed that he saw some weird stuff on the camera, like like something that looked kind of like what you would describe as like cloaking because when we were talking to him and and uh, you remember the little short guy that was the superintendent there yeah yeah he was a really nice guy and, and well to us he, he was he was considered a hard ass by a lot of the workers but he was friendly with us and we were there one time um just shooting the breeze with him and, and we felt bad because all he did was like travel around for that company and build stuff so he was kind of like a, a you know traveler nomadic guy right. or whatever but he enjoyed his job and so we we uh we took him some uh some beef like we, every year we do this like kind of a food drive and we always have steaks left over and we'll give them to nice. our clients. And so we we took him some steak and we hung out with him and it was I think what a couple days before Christmas or something. Yeah. And he was sitting there talking to us and he was telling us he goes, "Man, you know, your nephew was telling me something about seeing like something chase some deer." He's like, "Well, I'm going to tell you, man." He goes on that on those on those cameras. He said, "I saw something that looked like it was like it moved by the camera really quickly and it was kind of blurry. Well, a couple a couple of weeks later, when I went up there to talk to his boss, when they when the project was coming to an end, he showed me the cameras and I, I to this day I don't know what that was. I cannot tell you what it was. I was standing there with my brother and we were looking at the cameras and it just looks like something laying down flat, uh, Eric. And then it's like it stands up and then moves, but it's the way it moved was like it didn't look fast. But I know it was because he had to slow it way down. But it just, it looks like it's just a fluid movement, but you can't tell what it is. It doesn't really have a shape. It doesn't have like a, uh, it doesn't have like four limbs. You can't tell, you know, it's like almost like water moving. It's so weird. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah. And Scorpion, he used to work there. And he said that one night he was working there, or he said a couple times, he heard something like tap on the glass and he would look up and he would go out and look and there would be nobody there. So needless to say, we had three or four guards that just didn't want to work there, uh, Zane, Thomas, and another guy. And then we just ended up having – Scorpion was the only one that would do it, wasn't it? Just him? <laughs> it was like – At that retirement home in Georgetown? Yeah. I think he was the only one that ended up – No, I mean, like, uh, I worked it a lot, too. Well, I'm talking about, like, until all that weird stuff started oh, happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was the only one that ended up staying and working it. Yeah. Yeah. You When you worked it, though, you were in your vehicle. Yeah, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to work out there and, and not really be bothered by wh whatever it was out there. But pretty much everyone else was weirded out by one thing or another over there. So that's why I consider myself fortunate. And then we had this one guard. Either it get, left me alone or I was oblivious. Well, you, you parked up front. You guys <laughs> yeah. parked. Remember we had the one guard? I don't want to say his name, but we, 
We freaked him out so bad. Remember, he started running. Yeah, <laughs> he oh, ran man. into the woods. <laughs> we had a guy. <laughs> he, he was he was from Afghanistan. He used to work for us. Um, like I don't want. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, anyway, <laughs> his name was Hamid, but he he. <laughs> We freaked him out so bad because when we pulled up, we we didn't see him. So we got out of the truck and we started walking around looking for him. And he was like, when he started yelling, asking us who who was there, you know, we just decided to mess with him. We knew he wasn't <laughs> armed. He was unarmed. And he right. was outside of his vehicle. But I guess he had locked his keys in his vehicle. So he took off running. Oh, and, and so then when we talked to him, he was so scared. And then he goes, I, I can't work here, my friend. I'm sorry. I can't work here. <laughs> He said, there are jinn here. He kept telling us that there was wow. jinn there. And so we were just like, okay, fine. And so then we that's when we put, uh, I think after that, we put Zane over there. Yeah. And then Zane didn't like it because he had some weird stuff happen. And then it was just, it went on and on. And Scorpion ended up working it the rest of the time. He was there and he got along real good with superintendent. But he did say that there was weird stuff happening. Like he would hear uh, something tapping on the glass. He found, speaking of two by fours, he found two by fours that were snapped in half. Uh, really weird. It looked like somebody, like a person, like a super strong person had snapped them in half and thrown them everywhere. So the superintendent was like, you know, showed us, like he showed him and I, I saw the pictures and I was like, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. All I know is that that whole area is just really weird. There's a lot yeah. of weirdness there. No, I mean, you were talking, you, when you said snapped in half, it kind of reminded me uh, about here in my area, the Brushy Creek, Actually, right across from Harry Man Road, we have the Sam Bass Cemetery. I'm not sure if you're familiar with oh, yeah. the Sam Bass. Yeah, Sam Bass Cemetery. And there's that has its own loads of, you know, haunted stuff going on there. Uh, but actually, in two, I believe it was 2011, that's actually the same year I had my encounter. Uh, the cemetery was pretty much destroyed. And when you go look at it, you don't see any type of chisel marks or hammer marks, like someone beating it down with a hammer. You just see stuff that looks like it was snapped in half, beaten in. It's in the documentary. And uh, I'm out there filming, and I have with me a writer from the area who wrote for the uh, local paper. And he talked about it was in 2000, it was in 2011, right after people had, this is what he said, had described seeing something like a white Bigfoot in the area. That was in 2011. And if you look at it, there's like crypts that are, solid stone they were just bashed in and again there's no type of utensils or chisel marks or anything like that it literally just looks like someone just beat it in with their bare hands and even tombstones that were just snapped in half and the power of something would need to do that would just be insane i mean i can't i can't imagine what on earth would do that and that's just right across the street from harry man road right on the corner where the harry man road is i want to ask you about harry man road but before we get right. into that let me explain to the audience who sam bass was he was an outlaw sure. right. who was gunned down uh was he trained he robbed a train didn't he he robbed a few trains yeah he had just robbed the denton railroad that's what it was yeah and he was planning on coming uh into round rock to supposedly steal the uh or rob a bank here in round rock and uh, there's a really odd story uh, about what all happened in that in, during, you know, his crew and everything like that. But he came into a uh, general store. He was actually famous for the cross draw, like the X draw, pulling two guns out at the same time. He made that famous. And so he was in the general store and A.W. Grimes, who was the sheriff at the time, walked in and saw that he had two pistols on him and uh Supposedly told him, hey, you know, it's illegal to have pistols on in, in the city or whatever. And he drew down on him right there and he killed uh, A.W. Grimes in the in the uh, general store. And as he was leaving, 
people just started taking pop shots at him and they did shoot him, uh, but he was able to ride in the West in the direction of old town, which is uh, right next to Harry man road and where Sam Bass cemetery is now. And uh, supposedly he had one of his hideouts there where he was hiding his loot from the Denton uh, railroad. And I believe if you value it now, the gold, I think it would be, I don't remember exactly. I want to say like over 600,000 or something like that. Yeah. And there's people that still look for it too. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a whole group that still hunt for that treasure out here. Uh, It's supposedly it's West out there and he was trying to make his way back to that area, but he ended up dying underneath a, um, an Oak tree there. And there was no way he would have been able to spend that money in the time he, he arrived from Denton. So that gold is, who knows where that gold is, you know. And there's, since and, then, there's been floods and all kinds of things, too. Absolutely, yeah, there's been a lot of construction, too. So maybe <clears> some <throat> lucky construction worker found it or something like that. But another weird thing about the Sam Bass thing is that uh, one of his gang was actually in on it, supposedly. He was an informant, and he was telling the local authorities that were in Round Rock, hey, this guy's coming in here. He's planning on robbing uh, robbing the the bank. I don't remember his name exactly, but uh, he was telling, he was working with the authorities. And um, after Sam Bass had been killed, it was everybody's thought that this guy was going to go and get the treasure, you know, where he, I'm sure he must have known where it was. He was part of the gang and everything like that. It turns out, I think, I believe it was like a couple of weeks later, he hung himself in his jail. Uh, so they called him kind of like the outlaw Judas. Judas, yeah. Yeah. They, and it's crazy, like that now, if you go to Round Rock, and Round Rock's a very interesting city, I spent a lot of time there. But Round Rock, if you go there, everything is old town, yeah. you know, old settlers. And then the Sam Bass Road, there's Sam Bass Road, where, where supposedly is out there is where he died. And then there's A.W. Grimes, which is named after the sheriff that he killed that start, started the whole thing. And it's a very interesting, uh, it's, 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 very, it's very interesting. And then it's, it's called Round Rock because there's a giant round rock yeah. that's in the middle of a creek, you know. And so... Yeah, it's a very interesting place. It's a very cool, uh, historic town. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen Lonesome Dove? Uh, like the Chisholm Trail? Chisholm That's where Trail. they were running cattle. They were That's running right. cattle from here all the way up to uh, Montana. That's the Chisholm Trail. It runs right through Round Rock. And there's a lot of stores that are called Chisholm this and Chisholm mm-hmm. that. My hometown of Taylor, there again, there's another one. It was, they have those Chisholms, you know, and I, when I was a kid, I asked my dad, I said, what is that? And he said, well, that's the Chisholm Trail. And he explained it to me and how, you know, our towns were all located on it, you know. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. There's a lot of history here. And, and oh, what's yeah. what's really weird, when you look at, uh, like, man, I get some weird stories. Like outside of Taylor, and this is still in Williamson oh, County yeah. too, yeah. The, the Hoxie Bridge, you know. And then there was the plantation ghost that, that he's – and there, there are two – Really, really odd. Two headless ghosts within, I'd, I'd, how many, maybe what, three miles of each other, Anthony? Just about, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and it's crazy because one of them was a plantation home that was burned down by the Yanks after the war. And th- they did some horrible thing. The, the, the federal troops actually killed, there were some slaves that were actually, they were like the house slaves that would, they tried to defend the, the, the woman of the house from the Yanks and that's the story. And so they killed them um, and they pretty much just hung everybody. And so they beheaded the, the uh, I think he was a captain or something. He was a cavalryman. He was a captain from the, from the South and they, they killed him and supposedly he still rides around. And we actually spoke to a person who claims that they were driving in their minivan with their wife and kids. And this guy saw this thing ride up like the specter 
And it's right out there by Hoxie Bridge. And in the story of Hoxie Bridge is that a guy, it was back in the 20s, I believe. We saw the plaque. I, th- I think it's from the 1920s. I talked about it yeah. on the show. And this guy was was defiant. They told him, build this bridge. And he said, no. And so they said, okay. So they made an example of him. They shot him. And then they hung him from, by his feet. So then the story is if you would go to Hoxie Bridge, um, there's no record, there's no story of him like supposedly like actually being beheaded, but people see a headless ghost, but that they say that's a myth, but people claim that they see a convict dressing pinstripes, Williamson County, whatever. And that, that sometimes the, the lover's lane right there, they'll, they'll go and park and that the, the blood would drip down and they would hear it dripping on their vehicle. And then. One of my dad's friends, <clears throat> he told me when I was young, a teenager, he said that I looked up and I saw hanging upside down a convict from Hoxie Bridge. And he said that that him and his girlfriend, and this gives me the chills, and his other his other friend that was with him, these were all my dad's friends, that it uh, like turned its head and looked up at him. And they were like, they all just freaked and ran in different directions. And then when they ran into each other, they turned and they looked and there was nothing there. But they all swore that they saw that. And so I don't know. It's just Williamson County, very weird place, very very haunted. Well, yeah, I mean, you you haven't even mentioned like Jacobs Bridge. That's another. Oh bridge yeah, that's right. Well, there. let's get into that. I mean, or Jake's Hill and <laughs> Hutto. I mean, that's yeah, another one. Yeah, Jake's Hill. You know, and really, we don't have a solid story of how it got its name or its paranormal essence. There are multiple stories of a bus flipping there, uh, killing a bunch of students to a. A group of kids on their way to like a concert and, and crashing there. We don't really know, but what we do know is that a lot of paranormal happenings occurred there. And people have even, I believe there was a news, uh, it was, it had to be like in 2012, a news organization went out there just to kind of test the theory. They were getting all types of weird stuff happening to them. They were hearing, this is on camera. They were recording it. They were hearing all types of stuff, uh, supposed orbs as well flying out there. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's out there or not, but they were filming out there and they were just, creeped out they left but uh jacob's you know jacob's hill jacob's bridge uh i actually have some part of the documentary where we're there uh next to jacob's bridge and there's a lot of satanic symbols underneath that bridge that people have written uh not only in that bridge but there's another bridge not far from there that's kind of like a hidden bridge also and there's all types of weird witchcraft type symbols that are in the documentary that and if you look at it, it's, it's people put some time and effort into this because they'll be out there one weekend and then they'll be covered in paint the next weekend and they'll they'll be back out there, uh, you know, shortly after that. So if you look at it closely, there's a bunch of just layers of paint on there from all the times it's been painted over and, and just replastered on there. But it's 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 a weird spot, man. It just gives you the chills being out there. And, Especially and, and at night and you're alone. Where, where, tell the listeners exactly where that's, and not exactly, but give yeah. them kind of, because I don't want people going somewhere. And yeah, it's there it. in Hutto. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys know exactly where Hutto is, but mm-hmm. it's in between Round Rock and Taylor. Uh, and I mean, you could literally, if you drive, you're not paying attention, you could miss it <laughs> driving yeah. through there. It's gotten bigger now, though. It's, it's gotten it's a lot bigger. bigger now, but it's on one of those country roads. Uh, I want to say it's like 312, mm-hmm. maybe something like that. Uh, but if you just follow that out there, uh, you'll, you'll come along to Jacob's Bridge. It's a small bridge there uh, in, the, in the middle of the country. Now there's actually a little bit more uh, urbanization out there, but it's still it's still kind of covered in, in, in brush, that area. And then if you keep going along uh, that direction, you keep going straight, you're going to end up at another bridge. I don't know what that one's called, but that one is the, the one where we were getting m- most of the uh, K2 
characters and drawings there. Uh, and that one's the one we primarily feature in the documentary. We, we do have some of Jacob's Bridge in there, too. You know, yeah. a couple of my witnesses that I talk about in my book, on the Dogman book, saw what they saw in between Taylor and Hutto. And we actually, with uh, one of the guys' name is Phil, and, and, you know, we actually, we went out to the spot where he, we were pretty sure we pinpointed exactly where he saw it. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty interesting. Like you could see like how this thing was sitting in the ditch and there was a Creek right there. And, uh, there's all these farms and stuff out there. And my uncle Butch has a farm out there. And he asked me one day, he said, he said, well, if you, you don't think that any of these creatures are out here, do you? I said, nah, they're not. Out <laughs> but I totally liked this. I didn't want to freak him out and have him thinking about it because he's got enough problems with the hogs and the coyotes. And he goes, yeah, there ain't nothing out here like that, right? I said, nah, it's on the other side over there by Copeland. He goes, oh, okay. He's like, I don't want to be worried about that stuff at night. But yeah, it's literally like what? Down the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're bringing up like that weird area in between. And uh, in my next documentary project, uh, Expedition Brushy Creek, I'm actually in uh, right there in between that area, which there's like a little runoff creek where uh, in the piece of Brushy Creek, actually, I filmed some really weird symbols. It's like a 12 foot long symbol type thing. You have to see it. And it looks like it's written in a computer or binary code. Really strange, really weird. And I had, I had someone translate it, and I don't know if I want to say what it said. But uh, in that area, I was there with my friend uh, David, who's in, uh, half Comanche. And we were there exploring, just looking out some stuff. We were actually picking up a trail camera that we'd set out there. And we heard something, and we didn't see what it was, but we found a tiny footprint in an area we had just passed by that wasn't there first. Really small mud footprint. And this was in February, right before the freeze happened. So you're like, who, who would let their kid walk around barefoot out here in mm, freezing weather? It makes no sense. You think it yeah. was like a, a duende? I have no idea, man. But this that area, there's an area in between Hutto and, and Taylor full of boulders. I've never seen boulders like that uh, in the Brushy Creek area. But this one has gigantic boulders. They're in uh, the Harry Man Road documentary. Uh, but yeah, I've never seen boulders that size on the Brushy Creek, only in this one area. It's kind of like a side runoff of the Brushy Creek. But yeah, that's kind of like no man's land right there between Taylor and Hutto right there. It, it's it's strange. And, in, in, well, I don't know how far you want to get into it, but in 2000, 2021, they actually found a man's body out there. Um, I think that's more on the Taylor side in a pasture. Uh, and to this day, we have no idea who that person was, his race, age, uh, how he was how they found him, uh, what state of decomposition he was in. We have no information on that. Um, the only thing that I can say, and I'll share with you guys, is that when I first heard about that, I was at a car show uh, the day after it had happened in the weekend. And I was I saw a cop there, and I went up to him and asked him, hey, what's the deal with this you know, body Williamson County found out there? And he's like, man, you're like the third person to ask me that. And he's like, let's go talk to my sergeant or captain. I don't remember what he said. So we're walking up to his sergeant or, you know, higher authority. And uh, he, he starts saying, hey, what's the deal with that body they found over there off of, you know, whatever, whatever. And I was a couple of steps behind, but I heard him reply saying, uh, oh, you mean that murder? He said that. I heard him say that. And this happened when? This was in 2021. Give me one second. I actually have the, uh, the dates here. That was uh, 2021. Oh, my gosh. Where is it? And, and there was a guy that was murdered, and they don't—they didn't release. Was, I didn't even it know was about this. November 9th, twenty twenty-one. 
Wow. We have no idea who that person was, race, age, nothing like that. Uh, and well, like, like I told you, the captain said, oh, that murder. Okay. And then he saw me walk up and then I was like, yeah, what's the deal with that? And he goes, well, another state's involved with that. I was like, what? Another well, state? You know, another state's involved with wow. that. Wow. Yeah. So we have no idea still to this day who that person was. That was 2021. So it's been a while, man. God, that's so weird. That's so weird. Like, and there's so much weird stuff that out here in, in this area, dude. Like, you could do documentaries for years on this. Well, stuff. Josh, that's part of a ten-person body count that's been found in the wow. area. Uh, if you want to go into detail, you know, in my documentary, I bring I bring it up, which was really the main focus of me actually investigating into this, is because in 2016, Round Rock was named uh, one of the safest cities in America, mm -hmm. top 10 safest cities in America. That same year, they found three bodies in the Brushy Creek. That same year. Uh, Spoke too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it, folks. And that's all the time we're going to have for this week's episode with Eric Palacio. This will be a three-part episode, so we're going to come back next Tuesday with our regular podcast episode, and then next Thursday, we're going to drop the second part of this discussion, and same thing with the Tuesday and the Thursday after that. Go show Eric some love on his YouTube channel. It's called Media Palace, where you can find both of his documentaries, The Beast of Brushy Creek and The Legend of Harry Man Road. He's done a lot of great work right here in Central Texas. He's got a lot of information, and him and Wolf really do some deep dives into some really cool stuff. Like, subscribe comment and have a good night.